It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Are there any big financial decisions that you need to make when you're in your 40s? Absolutely. So we're going to be walking through the six areas of financial planning today to help you know what the most important financial decisions are when you're in your 40s. That's right. If you have a question for the program, we'd love to hear from you. You can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com is where you can find us as well as a lot of other information about Corhorn Financial Group. You can submit questions there as well. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. All right, so we're we're smack dab in the middle of our series on most important financial decisions or best financial advice by decade of your life, and and uh, and and we're in the forties, and so yeah, I think Kevin's comment about well, are there any big financial decisions? <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't feel doesn't really feel like forties eh, are just a passing decade financially, but I, I I feel like at least from our experience, there's sort of two camps in your forties. One camp is you've you've gotten into your 40s and you've gotten a good head start on your finances. You've got your financial foundation is built and you're making progress. And then the other camp, and this is no, like, even though we're contrasting the two, this isn't to make you feel bad, depending on where you're at, but in your 40s, you're still trying to build that financial foundation. And uh, and so sometimes when when you're starting your financial life, your your adult life, um, we all have different circumstances. You might have had to pay your way through school. You might have had a ton of student loans. You might have not gone to school. You might have gone to school and then gone to school, gotten a master's, right? There's, there's all sorts. Your, your parents might have helped you financially with your first car or even your first house, or maybe not. Maybe you had a car loan in high school, right? I have no idea, right? So we all have different circumstances. And the point is when you're starting to build your financial house, you don't start with the master bedroom or the skylights, or, you know, the cool, you know, basketball hoop in, in the driveway, you start with the foundation, you build a solid foundation. And in your 40s, if you've already built that solid foundation, guys, what's the most important financial priority that you need to be thinking about? You know, you, you just kind of split um, people in their 40s into two different camps, as you said, right? Those that are showing up already kind of on pace or maybe even ahead of the game. I, I might even take that group and separate them into two two different camps. Oh, one upmanship. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, to, to me, I, I'm just thinking back on all of the 40-somethings that we've gotten to work with who are just, just killing it in their financial life. Some of them are just, they, they have aggressive goals. You know, they want to retire early or they, they want that second house. They want to own a, a lake property. Um, they want to be able to pay for all of their kids' college education, whatever it is. But they've got some aggressive goal and they are just totally dialed in and they're, they've been making sacrifices for a couple decades, some of them. And so no wonder they show up and you're like, man, you, you guys have just achieved something at a whole different level than what a lot of your peers have. That's one group. And then there's another group that they're just maybe by their nature, maybe by their upbringing, they're just really disciplined. Uh, 
Mm. You know, they're conservative with their spending. They um, are, are just steady with their contributions. They've made choices um, to not be sucked too far into consumerism and things. They've been modest with their housing and things. So they've just also achieved some different results than what a lot of their, their peers have. In either of those camps, the, the answer has to be, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, like, I, don't get thrown off of your game plan here. Right. I, I, I think my message to the, to the 40s, 40-somethings that have a solid financial foundation are making great progress, don't overextend yourself. Yeah. Especially right now with housing prices going gangbusters, car values, six figures. <laughs> that, that is crazy. That is just craziness. Um, and college expenses through the roof, all, all that sort of stuff. Just be careful not to overextend yourself. You've got to, you've got to lead. You've got a head start. And, and gosh, this sounds mean. Don't blow it. So this is the balancing act. It is continue to do the successful things that have gotten you here, but also make sure you're building memories and that you're not going to, you know, have regrets as well. Yeah. But but That's thread the needle between the two. Don't overextend yourself, Kevin. And I I think of as I, as I'm thinking back, I've been recovering from the decade of the '40s for about four years now. <laughs> and when I look back, what happened in the 40s, I would call that the potentially the decade of distractions. Uh-huh. And, and that... It distra- oh, wait, I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> and I would split those two groups that are split into two groups into several more groups. That's no, the, the, with, within, in, in your 40s, you're starting to see stretch marks. On almost everything, especially, especially time, if you have a family. And so you say, all right, well, the kids need more than ever before. And my community is asking me to serve in ways that I haven't served before. And my company is asking me to step up and do various things. So all of a sudden, there are so many things that aren't your financial life that are just pulling and tugging on you. And so I would encourage people to say, hey, I need to make sure I'm budgeting and allocating the right amount of time to my financial life because in the in the in the 40s, I believe the seeds are sown for either great success or potentially great struggle in your 40s. Because you're going to have to make some decisions in your 40s. You're going to say, hey, do we have a plan? Are, it, to me, I think the biggest thing that's going to happen in your 40s is you got to make a decision about your kids and what you're going to pay for their education. Yep. And, oh, I thought you were going to say whether you're going to have your kids in travel sports or not. Because that, <laughs> that single-handedly might throw the Bernards off track. <laughs> well, no, no, no. The cool thing about having kids in, in travel sports is that they're all going to get scholarships and you won't need to pay for their oh, education. Oh, perfect. Right. Yeah. Yay. And they'll go pro someday. It's an someday. investment, Mike. Yeah. yeah. So, so because this is this is where most people are not able to look at the at, – um, the mutual exclusivity of if I do this, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so people will say, well, I'm happy to mortgage my future and pull dollars away from my future self that will be needed out when I turn 65 and 70 to use today to fund a current college expense because I think my kids need a college experience or fill in the blank. And I'm not making any judgments here. I'm just saying, hey, that's the reality. And a lot of folks get their kids to in their mid-teens 
and have never had the conversation with them, hey, this is what your your mother and I are, this is the provision we're making for your education. So either you need to get a J-O-B or, hey, don't worry about it. You're, you're fine. You can play Nintendo for for the whole summer. <laughs> so so this is where the, the, the communication, and, and this is where I'm saying, okay, well, communication really needs to ramp up during this decade. And yet there's, again, the, if there's this- There's a lot of distractions. Right. So it's hard tons. to communicate. Right. A lot of distractions because you have more choices at this point. You you maybe if especially if you've gotten yourself into a financially strong position, you you have options. It could be that second house or or college savings, but not both. And so getting really clear on what your priorities are, I think is really important. I'm also remembering, you know, one of the books that we've read, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. You've encouraged your kids to read it. Okay. Um, buy assets, not liabilities. In your 40s, you have the financial means available to you to start loading up on liabilities with debts, having extra houses that create more expenses and things. And that, those decisions in your 40s can throw you off track, even if you were already on track. Uh, so I'm, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, it's no surprise if you're listening to the podcast or on the radio. Uh, I am in my 40s, and and Kevin just shared, just dropped some wisdom that I I needed to hear, and and hopefully you did as well. What other financial decisions do you need to be aware of in the decade of your 40s? We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. When you're in your 40s, what are the biggest financial decisions or the biggest best financial advice you need to hear right now. We're helping you with it. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. We're in the middle of our series about biggest financial choices by decade. We're in your 40s, and really there's two different camps in your 40s. You arrive in your 40s with a little bit of wind at your back financially, but better said, especially in this culture of you know privilege or not or whatever, your circumstances, you've got your financial foundation built in your 40s or you're still working on it. If you're still working on that financial foundation, what are the biggest, what's the most important financial advice you need to hear right now? Uh, to me, don't get sucked into the comparison game. Because you may be watching other people living a different life than you are. You know, they're upgrading their houses, taking better vacations than you're enjoying, driving newer cars, whatever it is. You don't know the true financial reality that is funding that. It could be all debt funded, or maybe they've just made some really great choices. Maybe they've inherited some money. You, you don't know the whole story. Or right? maybe they're overextending themselves, which yeah. was which was the warning to that group. If you show up and you're ready, all of a sudden you've got a lot of disposable income, you've got a lot of choice, and then whoops, oh, you've overextended yourself. You don't know. If you're still working on your financial foundation, it's going to look like oh no, they're ready for that. They're enjoying some fruit that I'm not able to enjoy. Therefore, I should go do that too. Yeah. Anytime that you let yourself start feeling that kind of pressure to go match what someone else's pace is or their lifestyle, and you you might even be getting some of that pressure from little kids in your own house, right? (laughs) Dad, why can't we have this? Why can't we go there? We're making different choices than those people. 
we live a different life than they they do and to to not let yourself get pulled into making choices based on other people's pattern i think is really important because if you can avoid that then you can start getting focused on building that foundation that maybe yeah you have a little bit of regret you wish you had done some of these things earlier in life that's okay you know now's the time maybe maybe your attention needs to go towards some debt that you allowed to creep into your life and not just eliminate the debt but eliminate the cause of some of that consumer debt as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, regardless so what are we talking about financial foundation i'd probably point to a couple of things and we're, we're going to start in present financial position and that is having um so we were asked I guess, a couple of years ago to come in and, and give a, a financial talk to the notre dame football team and um and no coincidence they made it all the way to the national championship game that year um <laughs> no coincidence at all it's very inspiring and but we were talking about blocking and tackling the blocking and tackling that if you've been an Irish football fan for a while, <laughs> you've seen times when they've been able to do that well at that elite level. And you've seen times when it's like, can't you just tackle someone? My goodness. <laughs> right. Um, but in your financial life, the blocking and tackling is your cash flow management. It's your, it's your budget. It's your three bank account system. And you can't say budget without having a three bank account system. You can't have a three bank account system without a budget. And if one of those terms sounds familiar, budget, and the other one sounds strange, you're budgeting wrong. The three bank account system is looking at your monthly, regular, recurring cash flow, your income coming in and your regular monthly expenses going out. You need a monthly budget that's that's managing all that where you can you have visibility on it. But then that second bank account is where you're um, pre-planning and pre-paying those known upcoming expenses that don't happen every single month, uh, that you know you're going to say yes to. And those things could be vacations. They could be a car repair. It could be a new car. It could be um, it could be Christmas. It could be an anniversary gift. It, it could be life insurance. Expenses that are going to come up that don't come up every single month. The question is, are you going to be prepared for them or, or not? You've got to turn those non-monthly expenses into monthly expenses by anticipating them and saving a certain amount every single month into a savings account. That's the second account. The third account then is your financial confidence account. It's called an emergency fund, and that's where you're squirreling dollars aside, uh, typically three to six months of your overall spending, okay, into an account that you ideally don't touch. It's accessible, but you don't touch it. And they call it an emergency fund, but the truth is emergencies rarely happen, especially if you're doing a disciplined three bank account system. Getting new tires on the vehicle is not an emergency. You could have planned it, right? Um, Having a little fender bender, that's not an emergency. You could have planned for that. True emergencies are pretty rare if you're doing it correctly. And therefore, that third bank account gives you financial confidence. Mm -hmm. Because when you've got that safety net in place, then you can aggressively go after these other goals. The example that I gave this was years ago is when we found out that squirrels, Kevin, remember this, had chewed through our roof. I do remember. Kevin came over and was helping take care of them while we were in Disney. And you might think, wait a second, you've got to put a, a big roof on? Like, that was a big expense. Was ex- but you're still going to Disney? Well, because we'd sort of been planning for these things, and therefore we had the financial confidence that, well, we've got a safety net in place. We can go do these things. And so that's what that third bank account is for. Call it an emergency fund, but it gives you financial confidence. That's what you need. That's your foundation. But so so of those three buckets, 
we often say the linchpin to it all, the one that helps drive the financial success is that second bucket. Right. That's where the discipline comes into play because you're establishing savings, setting aside money that is, we, we call it delayed spending because we know that money is on its way out the door, but you're just controlling when it leaves your hands. And to, to me, building the habit of making your financial decisions based on the reality of where you're at, the resources you've actually got instead of the, the potential earnings of the future. Spend the money that you've already earned and saved and set aside for these things as opposed to, you know, swiping the credit card, borrowing some money, mm-hmm. you, hoping that you'll have the, the finances to cover that. Those are two different habits that become patterns in your life that are either building a strong foundation or they're maybe creating some headaches that you're going to have to deal with down the road. It, using that system, you don't get into credit card debt. Right. It's the, right. It's the it's the credit. I, and I didn't it, that didn't immediately uh, occur to me, Josh, until you said that several years ago as we've been working on this. And you said this is the credit card uh, prevention or De- avoidance. debt prevention account. That's yeah. right. So um, but the other thing, whether you show up in your 40s with a financial foundation or not, this is your focus, because having a three bank account system, especially during uh, during a time like this where prices are changing wildly. This ensures that you're not going to overextend yourself. This ensures that you have the right margin or, or maybe not perfectly ensures, but it helps you stay in your lane, right? And if you don't have the financial uh, foundation built, then this is what you're working on so that you have that foundation. I'd add to that the foundation of then having this system in place and then still saving 15% towards retirement, still paying aggressively down on debt. So all consumer debt's paid off. That's right, including your student loans that may or may not be forgiven anyway, and having the right insurance protection in place just in case something happens. That's that's your foundation. Yeah. And, and when you think about that, if you're going to be super busy in your 40s, which is a likelihood with a number of responsibilities that are might be new or newer to you, this is where you want to automate your savings, yes. automate your investing, automate your three bank account system, and really You say, why would I work with a financial planner in my 40s? Because one of the things that a financial planner should be helping you do is set up operating systems for the six areas of your financial life. And so this is exactly what we're talking about. Have an operating system that the default value is it's going to work and it's going to work correctly instead of hey, listen, I'm going to get uh, way behind here, and if I swing for the fences and just so happen to hit, yeah. uh, it's all going to work out. But you you don't want your financial life to be dependent on that. That's exactly right. All right, what are the other major priorities you need to focus on in your 40s? We've got that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. In your 40s, your present financial position is absolutely crucial. We're helping you know what to focus on there, that, and more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Go check it out wherever you listen. Search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there. Follow us there. Rate the program as well. We appreciate it. All right. Whether you show up in your 40s, with a lot of financial progress made already, or you're still just trying to 
dig out from under uh, some of the challenges you had in your 20s and 30s, maybe financially. Present financial position is really the, that that's the starting point. And uh, before we transition on to then protection planning, Josh, what else do people need to be aware of in their 40s with present financial position? Well, at- I, I was thinking uh, earlier about just observations of my peer group, because as you said, you're in your 40s, I'm in my 40s. This is just where we're at. So what are we observing when we look around us? And I, this is going to sound really depressing, um, and I don't mean for it to sound negative, but there are a lot of marriages that come under attack in their 40s, mm. right? And it could be, you know... All of us are changing. You and your spouse have changed compared to where you were in your 20s or 30s whenever you got married. Um, Are are you changing together? Are you um, able to kind of stay on the same page, stay connected, that sort of thing? I think it's important that maybe one of the most important or critical investments you could be making in your 40s is in your marriage. And making sure that the the activities of life, the commitments you've been making, they often can send you literally in different directions. You know, you're just managing the schedule, taking one kid that way and another kid that way. And um, you could you can go some time without really connecting and, and staying, um, I don't know, invested in, in your marriage. But I've never met a, a couple who have ended a marriage and said that that was good for their financial life. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Your financial life is not the reason to invest in your marriage. Let's be clear about that. But you talk about um, a satisfying, fulfilling life. Um, boy, it's it's hard to have that when there's a lot of conflict in your marriage. And so what if spending some money on a counselor or spending some time on an extra weekend getaway or starting a new hobby together, whatever it is, I, I think it's important to recognize um, your financial life exists for a purpose. It's to help you achieve a life that you you really want, the, the real life, and that involves the most important people as well. That's, so. that's great advice, Josh. Great advice. Uh, let's transition then to the second area in your financial life, my financial life, everyone's financial life, protection planning. In your 40s, there's some big decisions that you need to make in this area as well. I, I would start by saying if you don't have life insurance in place because you weren't really even thinking about that in your 20s and in your 30s, maybe you never had a full needs analysis done and maybe you grabbed a little small term policy or whatever. In your 40s, you've got young kids, you've got growing income, you've got bigger financial commitments and responsibilities. And it, there's a greater clarity, greater awareness that, oh, if if you're not around to manage these financial affairs, the whole thing could come crumbling down. Um, again, because in your 20s, you're still building. In your 30s, you probably still feel invincible. 40s is when you're probably catching up and, and you need to reset and look and say, well, truly, what amount of life insurance do we need? What's the right type to get? And how should we structure it? Yeah, I love that. You know, going through the analysis to to say, boy, if you had passed away, what is the financial condition of your family that is being left behind? Because there's there's not only a loss of income, um, but there may still be major commitments and um, lifestyle patterns that need to be able to con- 
continue on even in your absence? You know, can that mortgage get paid off? Can you fund the education that you otherwise would have been funding if you were alive to keep on contributing and everything? Is your spouse going to still be able to retire someday without your contributions to, to that goal as well? So life insurance it almost kind of forces you to stop and analyze what is it we're trying to achieve and how do we make sure those things are still achievable even if the unthinkable happens. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what other big protection planning decisions? Maybe HSA at work, whether you're using the high deductible health plan or the traditional uh, kind of comprehensive health plan. And if you do go the HSA route, are you funding, max funding that HSA? That gets in the tax planning. We'll hit in a second. Anything else? Well, I just think you want to make sure you understand fully what your company is offering and you're taking full advantage of those things. Yeah. Whether And this is where you want to be looking and saying, okay, life insurance, is it cheaper to buy life insurance on my own or is it cheaper through the company's plan? Mm -hmm. Likely it's cheaper on your own if you're USDA prime, super healthy, all that good stuff. <laughs> if you're not, then it might be cheaper through the company. And then you want to know, is is that is that the right amount? Is you that might, the right amount? Is yeah. it portable? All yeah. kinds of questions. And then disability. Disability likely is cheaper through the company than you owning your own individual. So this is where you want to be doing a, a thorough analysis. If you don't have an umbrella yeah. uh, plan, yeah. uh, you probably want a personal umbrella policy. Uh, to that, that extra million dollars of liability is incredibly cheap on a relative basis. So you want to be looking at that. You want to make sure that your umbrella policy covers uninsured, underinsured motorists. So there's all kinds of, of uh, kind of tips and tricks that when you hit 40, you want to make sure, hey, I've got this totally dialed in. Because, and again, this is where if you're working with a professional, let the professional help you get it taken care of and kind of set it and forget it. And so you might say, hey, I had a 20-year term policy that I bought when I was 25. It matures when I'm 45. What should I do? I don't know. Are you healthy? Uh, do, I, do you need to lose 30 pounds before you get the next uh, policy in place? Um, what should you be doing? What should you be thinking about as it relates to these things? Mm -hmm. You said uh, you know, certain parts of your financial life need to be set in place Set it and forget it, I think was the phrase that you used. Mm -hmm. One place where you can't do that is with your home and auto insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, your life is changing. You know, you, you may have finished your basement since the last time you talked to your, your ins insurance agent. Maybe you've accumulated some toys. Maybe you built a, an extra garage or a pole barn or something. This, this changes the risk profile in your financial life. And if your insurance doesn't keep pace, if it doesn't, if, if that package doesn't evolve over time, you may have some gaps in your coverage and not even realize it. Yeah. And unfortunately, those pole barns, some of them burn down and uh, basements sometimes flood and, you know, thing, things happen, stuff gets stolen. And um, I, I think it's important to, to recognize that every so often you need to pause, take the time to actually have a true in-depth review with your insurance advisors. And uh, it's often a certified financial planner that drives that. You know, certainly in our office, it's part of the rhythms of reviewing your financial life. We bring our insurance team in because we want integrated advice between financial professionals. But if you don't have that in your life, you've got to go create it yourself. You have to call for the meeting because your agent's probably not reaching out to you saying, hey, I'd like to schedule another meeting, please. 
How no. many how many homeowners um, insurance premiums did you pay, Josh, before you had your basement flood? Uh, one. One. Exactly. Yeah. You just never know. The unthinkable. We're sitting in Washington, D.C. at a conference. <laughs> Josh and I are next to each other, and I can't remember what it was, but Andrew just starts calling his flip phone <laughs> like crazy. It was a flip phone. <laughs> and we, get, we finally get out of that, that. We didn't even walk out of the auditorium, and he answers, and it's like, what? And yeah, that, so yes, risk happens, and are you going to be prepared or not? There's a lot of other financial priorities you need to be attentive to. When you're in your 40s, we're going to help you hit those tax planning, investments, oh, retirement and college. We've got that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us on the YouTube channel, search The Wise Money Show. You get every episode, all of our Next Wise Step content that airs all throughout the week, and then uh, additional bonus content in in, in segments. And uh, and Josh was just sharing his fateful story of his first homeowner's claim, which happened to be in his first couple months of home ownership altogether. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, you know, you just never know. Risk Risk is real. It's out there and it can present itself at just at any time. Are you going to be prepared? When you're in your 40s, you're going to likely build your very first five-factor retirement plan. And you also need to be very aware of what your college plan is. Now, Kevin and Josh astutely brought up in your 40s, you get very distracted and therefore communication, financial communication, both with your spouse, with your growing children, and certainly with your certified financial planner is even more important. So that communication, a lot of it lies in these big goals, retirement and college. Yeah, I, I think, boy, you look at the, the types of goals that bring about the most emotion between spouses. You may have a completely different vision for what it looks like to help your kids with college. You know, you, you may have lived an experience where you were on your own and you expect your kids to make their way through life on their own as well. And uh, you're married to someone who had their way paid by by their parents. And that just felt right. You know, it allowed them to get established and and not have to focus too much on working through college, that kind of thing. Totally different ends of the spectrum. And somehow you have to come together and create your combined or shared values and let that reflect your overall plan. But this is the time. If you haven't already started having those conversations, you need to get serious about it. Because eventually, you know, you get to a point where you've waited too long and now circumstances and the decisions you've already made are going to dictate reality because you've relinquished the ability to influence the outcome at this point. So if if you waited too long on college, don't wait too long on retirement. Yeah. Right? You, these are major goals that that cost so much investment, so much sacrifice for you to be able to achieve them. They're not going to happen by accident. So um, this is where potentially if there was conflict on how you view these goals, a certified financial planner can help enter into that and help guide some of the discussions so that you really can get on the same page. You can develop your plan together instead of two separate visions for the future. Yeah, and it is not easy when someone comes in and says, hey, look, my 16-year-old, we're going to be doing this. Now show us how to do it. 
if there isn't a way to do it. And so this is where it, it, it really is collaboration. If a leader's job is to define reality, the, the fi- I, would, I would lean in and listen to and trust your financial advisor because they don't want to tell you no. Right? They, <laughs> they don't want to be the break man or break woman. They they want to say, hey, yeah, let's go. Let's get let's get these goals achieved. So I would I would hold if you haven't if you haven't run the miles and done the prep work, I would hold what you want to do for the kids, especially as it relates to education, with a very open hand and say, hey, am I willing to work an extra five years of my career in order to provide this level of college experience to my children? Or do we take the the college dream that we've always had but never really prepared for and say, hey, look, it, we're, we're going to have to modify that dream. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some shared sacrifice, what mom and dad are willing to do and what the kids are willing to do. Um, but this is where you have to start having these conversations. And I don't know if you've ever had teenagers in your house, but just a conversation with the teenager uh, can be a challenge, <laughs> like like a good one. <laughs> like, uh, aren't they all? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you know, yes. it's it's interesting as I've just observed myself and my own changing values over time. You might start out with one priority in mind, and as you get further into life, your priorities shift. Like we're hitting. Uh, this is an interesting point in in our life. Jaden, our oldest, is old enough to start working now, mm-hmm. and he could. He could be working. I'm sure he's limited in the number of hours and everything. But I'm actually all my all my adult life. I've thought I want my kids to work. I want them to be hard workers and to learn discipline and to earn, you know, their living and everything. And, and I'm actually at the point where I'm like, oh, bummer. He's got to he's going to start working. Yeah. Like it, it actually feels sad to me now because you realize, oh, that's competition for time with with my kids. And some some parents, they start out with one vision and it does evolve. It does change over time. And um, but but you may not have left yourself in a situation where your game plan actually can shift or change. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Covey, the great uh, financial planner that he was. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Philosopher. If you haven't read Seven Habits, you need to. It's uh, it it will just it will help you. Okay, Um, but. With all the complicated analyses and financial goal mapping, all that sort of stuff that your CFP is going to do, he's got a, a in his book he's laid out the right plan for achieving your retirement goal or college goal or really any goal. And it's first, okay, what is the goal? You got to define it. That's what we're talking about. So get on the same page with your spouse, figure out that compromise of, all right, what are we aiming for? And then second is, where are you today? And that's where your CFP is really going to come in. They will help coach you through, okay, what should the target be? But then they're going to help define reality. And then they're really going to help with that third step. And that is, all right, how are you going to get there? How do you get from where you are today to that goal that you just laid out? And then the fourth step, you can't miss either. And that is monitoring your progress, especially finances. A lot of times people think, well, financial planning is a map. I've shared this before. That is a crude, just awful analogy because your finances are changing all the time. Imagine if you were on Google Maps and you had charted a course to get from wherever you are to, you know, two hours away and the map was always moving. 
That's what your financial life is. And so it's not a roadmap that is stagnant. It's more so, well, directionally, where do we need to go? And then how do we navigate as this path inevitably um, turns? And so that's the fourth step is monitoring your progress and continuing to make minor adjustments. And so that's the process you need. That's right. And part of that monitoring your progress, I'll, I'll use a phrase that Kevin has shared over, over time. The, the ability or the mechanism for throwing off discouragement is really critical as well. Mm-hmm. And this is often the role that a certified financial planner does play in someone's life because you're going to have interruptions along the way. There are going to be detours. You were ahead of pace and then something rocked your financial life and set you back a couple steps. That's okay. Like that's that's actually normal. Um, but it can feel like everything is crashing in on you and you know, you're never going to achieve that goal. So why even try? Mm. You know, throwing off that discouragement and getting back on track or rerouting yourself is part of financial planning. It's the reason why it is an ongoing relationship with your certified financial planner and not this one-time event where you charted the course and just left uh, base camp and you're out on your own. No, this is someone walking with you and maybe changing course along the way. Yeah, that's right. Whether it's a college goal or retirement goal, investing is going to play an important role role in that goal. Huh, there you go. Dr. Seussism. And <laughs> so so what's your investment approach in in your 40s? And I would argue especially going through the turmoil we're going through right now, you have a long time horizon. Don't overreact to market cycles. You may be in your 40s. Gosh, if you're in your 40s right now, you really haven't seen one. <laughs> you, you probably haven't. 13 14 years ago was the last one. And uh yeah, it, that didn't really – it's likely you didn't have enough money at that time yeah. invested to yeah. really look and say, oh, my word, do you see what just happened? Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I was talking with a friend of mine who is a finan- in the financial world as well, and he was talking about, oh, you know, this is, this is crazy. It's got to end soon. It's like, well – you know, going through 2008, you sort of kept saying that, well, we've been going through this for so long. It's got to turn at some point. And it just kept going, kept going, kept going. And and if your investing experience is more shorter term, yeah, any pullbacks you've seen have been really quick. That's not yeah. how they all are. That's right. So, so making sure that you've got the right financial or excuse me, investment strategy, investment discipline, and long-term perspective. So Yeah, that long-term perspective is one that you can gain by studying market history or by walking with a guide who has uh, you know, longer history than what you, you have. Mm-hmm. Someone who has studied this, who has lived through some of these market um, fluctuations and everything. But I, this isn't the last one you're going to live through either, right? Uh, and that's true for it, most retirees. Sometimes that's the kind of depressing uh, reality that we need to remind people of is, yeah, you know, I, I recognize you're only two years into retirement, but um, this is not the the last time you're going to experience the market declining. So we need to set things in place to prevent us from having emotional reactions. In your 40s is often where you can establish those disciplines and and um, you know, just make sure that you're approaching your finances, especially the investments, with the right mentality. It's interesting, Kevin. You talk about 40s. You, there's a lot of distractions, and you're investing in your 40s. You can be distracted as well. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking right now about cryptocurrencies or NFTs mm. or, or or these other things. Hot stocks. Hot stocks, well, meme stocks, right? When you might be watching TikTok or, or watching some of your friends who have done well or had seasons where they've done well and they want to emphasize those. And you might think, well, that's what it's got to take in order for me to get there. And that's not true. I'm fascinated by those things, but I'd have those be the bonus, not the base. I'd have the base be your tried and true long-term investing approach, diversified, buy and hold, high quality investments. Best movie you could watch on investing, the movie Moneyball. You remember that? Like yeah. it was a it was a change in mentality. Instead of getting to the plate and trying to hit a home run every single time, no, we're gonna win the game by getting steady, regular, um, on bases. I, I need singles and doubles. That's gonna win the game. Yeah, right. It gets on base, on base percentage, the biggest the biggest contributor. Yeah. That's right. And the perennial investment question: Do I invest in real estate? Mm-hmm. Um, that one. And and again, if you look in your forties, if you're super busy in your forties. Investing, starting to invest in real estate might not be the best idea because it, it takes time and money to invest in real estate. If you don't have both, it's likely you'll get stopped out at yeah. some point. Yeah. We yeah. haven't talked about estate planning. That's the sixth area of your financial life. And you got to make sure that you've got a basic estate plan in place. If you've got kiddos in your 40s, this might be the first estate plan that you're building. Not just Don't just set up that will and say, okay, it's done. No, you got to check and make sure your ex-girlfriend isn't still beneficiary on your <laughs> IRA or 401k, right? And you got to look and say, who, if I already did set up an estate plan when my kids were babies, who is going to be the guardian of the children. Yeah. And if you say, well, when they were babies, it didn't matter if that was two hours away. Now I want my kids to finish growing up yeah. in town. Good so there's someone in town who could watch them. That's right. Good. 40s. It's a big It's a big decade for great financial decisions. Work with a certified financial planner who's doing comprehensive financial planning. They can help guide you through. That's all the time we have today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Dude, so you that I couldn't tell you were giving me the finger there. Oh, sorry. You need to really, <laughs> really give me the finger. No, I know. He's doing one of these kind of numbers, and I'm like, he Mike is very contemplative today. <laughs> no, he's not. He's giving me the finger. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.